Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Dad Up is Justin Aldridge. Justin grew up living a life with limiting beliefs. He classified his life as being defined by overachieving and underbelieving. While in college, he not only graduated at the top of his class from the University of Texas, Austin, but he did it while playing football for the Longhorns. He thought he would be satisfied with the pursuit of money, but quickly realized there was more to life than that. Once he became a father, he went through a mental shift and pursued living an uncommon life. He made a conscious choice that he was going to stop trying to fit in and was going to stand out. He tries to instill those beliefs in his young children today. I appreciate Justin talking with me on Dad Up. In our conversation, he speaks to how we never have a true balance of time between our career and our family. Instead, it is quality of time with your family over quantity of time. Please welcome Justin Aldridge to Dad Up. Well, Justin, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up. I'm really excited to talk to you and uh, hear some of your experiences and uh, also your life journey. Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, just kind of start with telling everybody a little bit about yourself and your story. I know you have a fascinating story. I've done some research on you. So you've got a, you've got a very interesting story. And I want to know a little bit more about you uh, as an individual and also um, about your family and your kids. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to share that. I guess in terms of who I am and what I do, you know, I'm... 32-year-old guy, happily married, got two beautiful kids. My daughter's about to be four. My son just turned one a few months ago. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned my story because nowadays I find myself as, I guess, labeled as a life and success coach. Um, but really all the work that I do with my clients is all rooted in my story. You know, I grew up, I was a, the youngest of five kids to two parents who were high school dropouts. My dad had five kids by the time he was 21, my mom three by the age of 20. You can obviously imagine that life was a struggle growing up. And it was because of a lot of those struggles that I dealt with really bad anxiety growing up. And that anxiety eventually turned into depression once I got into my early 20s. And it was one of those things where I was a, I guess, a, a really, really good promising kid and young man. Um, I was one of those ones always excelled in the classroom, excelled on the, the athletic fields as well in multiple sports and seemingly had everything going for me, except I didn't have any self-belief to go along with the, the skills, the talent, the knowledge, any of that type of stuff. Um, mm. I was that kid who, you know, laid his head down on the pillow every night and just kind of really wondered what life was going to hold for me and was scared as hell that it wasn't going to hold much. Um, mm. I saw my reality every single day and the, the struggles of my parents and I definitely had that that mindset of, you know, my circumstances were going to control my future circumstances. And that scared me. I was always a kid. I was really, really different as a kid, even though, I said, like I said, I had the knowledge. I was extremely smart. I was a likable kid. I was a fun kid, all those things. But I never felt comfortable in my own skin. Mm. Um, and I was that kid who like did weird things like ponder the meaning of life and stuff when I was like eight years old. So right. uh, growing up, I was really isolated. Never really felt like I fit in with anybody. I felt like I was always too smart for the jocks, but too dumb for the nerds kind of thing. And so I spent a lot of time by myself. And it's kind of funny speaking to people that I went to school with and they're like, I would have never guessed that about you. And I was like, well, yeah, I got really good at hiding a lot of 
a lot of pain behind a smile. And like I said, that just kind of continued to manifest itself. I dealt with a lot of not only personal insecurities, but financial insecurity as well. You know, growing up poor, uh, having money is something that becomes really important to you when you get older. And so when I got out of college, it was one of those things where it was just a series of chasing all the wrong jobs for all the wrong reasons. And so I just continued to do that for a few years. And I found myself in a really, really dark place, uh, dealing with a lot of depression. I was dealing with anxiety so badly that I was actually experiencing physical manifestations of the stress and anxiety. And I was seeing specialist after specialist for six months um, being tested for everything under the sun. And, you know, when it came back that it was stress and anxiety, it was just one of those things that I was like, I don't know how to control this. And I can't ever see a life where I can get past this. And so it just got to the point where I didn't want to live anymore. And it was my wife and a few key people in my life and their love for me that kind of brought me out of that time and set me on the path to where I'm at now, uh, which is helping people. That was always my gift. That was always my calling. People ask me all the time, you know, how did you get into the line of work that you're in now? And I tell them, I didn't choose it. It chose me. I was one of those kids, like I said, being the type of kid that was different, it was really easy for other people to call my gift out uh, Mm -hmm. because I guess they didn't see them very much. I was that type of that kid where people are like, you're wise beyond your years. You're cut from a different cloth type of thing. And I hated that when I was a kid. But looking back in hindsight, you know, I had people since I was in my teens telling me that I needed to be a life coach, that it was my gift to help people and empower people and all this different stuff. And I was like, I don't even know what a life coach is or what they do and if that's even a real thing. So, yeah, came by the grace of God and through a lot of love and support. I just I came out of that time with this mission that not only was I going to first and foremost transform my life and my belief to to be able to live a great abundant life, but then once I did that, I was going to use that to be able to help other people do it. And really going back to my kids and I guess kind of the the climax of the the messaging that you put out to the world, it was actually becoming a parent mm-hmm. that set me on this journey to really making up my mind that I was going to be successful, that I was going to put myself out there. I was going to use the gifts, the talents, the skills that I had that God blessed me with to be able to create change in other people's lives. There was an experience a few months after my daughter was born. And I remember sitting there and it's kind of funny because I just wrote about this in my blog last week. And I was sitting there in, in the room and I'm rocking my daughter to sleep at night. And I'm just looking down at her. I'm just staring at her face as she's dozing off. And I'm just really like playing out her life in my head. And I mentioned it in that post. I was like, I don't know if this is a normal parent experience, but, you know, I never can't claim to be a normal dude. But anyways, I'm just looking down at her and I'm just, I'm thinking about like who she's going to grow up to be. What's her personality going to be? What's she going to spend her life doing? Who's she going to marry? Just all these just different thoughts going through my head. And I just mm-hmm. remember I had this excitement come over me about telling her to chase her dreams. And is as quickly as the excitement came, it left because it was like a punch to the gut because I was like, man, like I'm not even going to be able to have that conversation with her from a place of authenticity. If I have that conversation with her, it's going to be from a place of regret as my life stands right now. And that just right. made me so sick to my stomach. And it was that experience that was like, dude, look, all right, you've, you've kind of dabbled a little bit. You put your toe in the water. You've played around a little bit, but it's time to get serious. And it's time to go out there and make this thing happen. If not for you, for your kids. And, Lead by example, uh, yeah, I mean, right? 
Exactly. And, you know, what I tell people all the time and whenever I tell this story is the, the analogy that I had in my mind was I didn't want to tell my kids what I think it looks like from the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to tell them from experience and better yet, I wanted to be able to bring them to the mountaintop with me. And so, yeah, I mean, that was really the, the catalyst that I needed that sparked this journey that I'm on today. What, tell me about uh, how did you come up with Uncommon? So that was actually something where it was, it was kind of a, a blend of two things. I had done a challenge with a guy who's in the, the mindset, personal development, life coaching space. And in his challenge, he went through and he wanted people to pick a word that defined what it was that they wanted to achieve in their life. And of course, me being somebody who's an out-of-the-box thinker, I wanted to come up with something that really defined the way that I wanted to show up in every single aspect of my life. And so after I got done with that challenge, that was something that just stuck with me because I couldn't find something very easily. I was like, man, I got to really dig deep on this. And I wanted to because I wanted mm-hmm. that moment to be something that was going to bear a lot of fruit in my life. And so I just started doing a lot of research, started getting online and looking up different synonyms of words that people commonly use. But I wanted to come up with something that was uncommon. Right. I was sitting there and I just kind of started looking through the list. And I was like, ah, that's just normal. That's generic. That's played out. And then I read that word and I was like, ooh, I like the sound of that. Like that, that vibes with me. That really hits home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just really tried it on for size. I'm one of those ones where when it comes to putting myself out there and experiencing life to the fullest, I really want to be able to do that. And so I stood in the middle of my living room and I just shouted it like as a (laughs) full-on personal mantra, like from my core. And it was just one of those ones I'm like, yep, that's it. That is my mission statement. That's how I want to live my life and stuck ever since. Very cool. Now tell me about your kids. How many kids you got? How old are they? I've got two. I've got my daughter, who is, like I said, about to be four. And then I've got my, my little guy, JJ, who is 17 months now. You're right in the thick of things right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> mama wants one more. So sure, probably sometime here in the next year, we'll start trying again. So are they going to be are they going to get into sports and all that? Is your uh, is your daughter looking at playing any sports? I know she's getting to be at that age. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been one of those ones. I thought when I was growing up in, in my early, early adult years, I was one of those Neanderthal type of athletes. You know, I played college football and stuff like that. And so I had that mentality like, oh no, my kids are going to be athletes. They're not going to be nerds or anything like that, even though I was a nerd. But, you know, I just always had that mentality of my kids are going to, they're going to follow in my footsteps. They're going to be great athletes. And now once I got into fatherhood and I got to meet my daughter and get to know her, I want my kids to chase their passions. I don't want to force mm-hmm. my passions upon my kids. I don't want my kids to do anything out of obligation. The only thing that my kids are going to do, and really this is just a response to the, I guess, sad nature of our society nowadays is some sort of self-defense training. My mm-hmm. kids are going to know how to defend themselves and to be able to take care of themselves just because, especially my daughter, to be a woman, a female in today's society is scary as hell. And right. so that's the, the only thing that I'm going to take my kids to kick, kicking and screaming is just for them to learn how to defend themselves. But when it comes to sports, any of that type of stuff, I just want them to chase their heart. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I'm going to encourage them to just go all in, to not dabble, to not do what I did, to bounce around and try to do what other people want me to do or expect me to do, but to do what they're truly passionate about. That's good. Um, yeah, that's, you know, we kind of had the same thing. We, 
we didn't we didn't want to push anything on our boys. I have two boys. Both of them are adults now, but when they were growing up, we wanted them to do something outside of school, whether it was sports or playing an instrument or something. We wanted them to do something just to keep them active and and keep them you know mentally challenged and physically yeah. challenged. But we didn't care what it was, and and both my boys happened to play sports. So kind of they played baseball and football and a little bit of soccer and uh, mainly basketball. So but, yeah, cool. yeah. What do you uh, tell me, Justin? What do you enjoy most about being a dad? Um, I've always been one of those people that's been an overgrown child. Um, and I tell people that all the time. Me too. (laughs) And I'm I'm not ashamed of it at all. You know, I, I love kids. I love being out, being able to get out there and play with them, roll around with them, be silly, stuff like that. Cause that's just my personality as it is. You know, I, I like to really enjoy life. And so when it comes to my kids, I just, I love being able to do that. And I love being able to see all the best parts of me come out of them. I don't, I don't want my kids to be a reflection of me. I want them to be a reflection of the good that's in me and other people around them. So just little things like when my daughter comes home from school and obviously going through the age that she's at now, she's starting to develop that little bit of independence. She's sassy as all get out. And so there's times when she's at home and we're like, oh my gosh, this kid is the devil. And then she'll come home from school and, you know, her teachers just absolutely rave about her. She goes to a little Mother's Day out of our church two days a week and they just adore her. And they talk about how sweet she is and how she's got that motherly instinct that she's always caring for the other kids and stuff. And it's like those times when as a dad, especially the, the dad of a girl, it's just like things like that that really like choke me up inside and make me think like, wow, I, I actually am doing something right. Yeah. And so just seeing the, I guess, the fruit of your your hard work and your investment in them paying off is the part that I love the most. Yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling to have too. Something that you can't even explain to men that don't have kids. You can't explain that feeling, but but I totally get what you're uh, what you're saying. Now, when it comes to your kids um, in particular, especially the younger, you know, you've you got a four-year-old and, and there can be some challenges there as she's growing up. What do you think of the challenges that you face being a dad? Um, I would say the biggest thing for me really isn't even necessarily anything with, I guess, parenting. The biggest struggle that I've had is the the balance between ambition and parenting. I've always been an extremely ambitious person. I've always been somebody who sets very, very lofty goals. And obviously I set goals that require significant investments of time and energy and making that transition into parenthood where it's like, well, yeah, I'm married and I've got this other person that we are invested in one another. Obviously, when you bring life into this world, that's a much, much different level of investment. And so for me, really navigating that balance, because this was during the same time that I was stepping into entrepreneurship and trying to build my business. And so I'm one of those ones where I'm a over planner. You know, I've, I've been a recovering perfectionist and warrior for years now. And so I always wanted to have all my ducks in a row, make sure every I was dotted and T was crossed. And when it came to parenthood, it was the exact same way. Um, I had that misconception that at some point, I would actually be ready. And obviously we, we always know you're never ready to become a parent because you never can really understand exactly what it means and all the, the, the time, energy, effort that goes into it. And so, yeah, that was the biggest thing for me, the biggest struggle. And it's, it's still an ongoing struggle. When you're that type of personality, when you're an ambitious person, it's, it, you can never really take that out of somebody. And so there's mm-hmm. seasons where I kind of feel myself and my wife will be the one to kind of nudge me back in. I'm like, hey, you know, I know that you've got this stuff going on and you're trying to grow your business and things like that, but we need you here as well. 
Right. And so that's the, the biggest thing is just making sure that I'm present for them first and foremost and understand that, you know, that's going to be the the greatest testament to my legacy is who they grow up to become more than anything else. And, and I think that if you're present in your kids' life and in your family's life at the best that you can be, that's what's going to make you a successful entrepreneur outside of the home. Oh, 100% guarantee. And one of the things that I had to really work through was kind of the, the balance shaming. Like sitting there thinking to myself, oh, well, if I'm investing more time into my business than I am into my family, then right. there's something wrong with me. But then I right. had to take a step back and, and think about it. And this is something I actually advise my clients on. You can't, you're never going to have balance of time. Mm-hmm. And so if that, and which is kind of ironic because that's what most people evaluate balance. At, uh, that's the standard that everybody uses is time. It's like, oh, well, you're spending this much time at work or on your business. Well, Yeah. Just do the math. You spend the majority of your time in your right. years working far more than you spend with your family. And so mm-hmm. what I really started to understand was it was about exactly what you just said, presence. Right. It's, about, it's about the quality of the time, not the quantity of the time. And mm-hmm. so whereas before, whenever I kind of first started down this journey, especially once my daughter got old enough to, to be mobile and to play and to do all these things, I really started to understand, yeah, just because I'm in her presence for two hours, but I'm just kind of going through the motions. I'm checking my email. I'm doing social media. And then I'm tuning back into her. You know, doing that for two hours is far less, I guess, beneficial to her and for myself to, to fill my own cup as a father. Then right. even 30 minutes of locked in, fully engaged, intentional time with her. And so that's been my biggest focus as a parent and entrepreneur is saying, you know what? I'm going to set aside dedicated time for my wife, for my kids. And when it's their time, it's their time. You know, right. obviously a lot of time still goes to the business, but if I'm giving them that all out effort, I can tell the way that it impacts the relationships as yeah. compared to when I'm not. You're absolutely right. Now, I know when you, you went through a lot of changes as a, as a young man, really before you started having a family, but in what way did your life change when you became a dad? It really, I mean, it changed a lot in, in all facets. It was one of those things where really lit a a fire inside of me, like I said earlier about the anxiety and depression, that was really, if you were to ask me and get an honest, you know, if you shot me up with truth theorem and asked me what my identity was, probably the word that I would use would be scared. You know, I was a person that was walking around just completely full of fear in life. And having kids was the, I guess, the, the shot in the arm of courage that I needed. Uh, having kids definitely made me more courageous. It definitely gave me more vibrancy in life. It really helped me to connect with my inner child. You know, I think that's something that we all need. You know, we use words like don't be childish, but in a lot of ways, us as adults, we need to be more like children. We need to be more unbiased. We need to be Mm. less judgmental. We need to be more loving without the expectation of return. And mm-hmm. my kids allowed me to be able to do that. They allowed me to be able to reconnect with that inner child inside of me. They raised my standards for me because we all know like little kids, even though they're not judgmental, they are the most blunt and honest creatures on this planet. <laughs> and so if there is a flaw or a shortcoming of yours, they will call you out on right. it. And so for me, you know, it was that brutal honesty. And you, you mix that with the fire and sass that exists inside of my daughter. It was one of those things where I didn't have to look in the mirror because, all I had to do was look in her eyes and she was going to be the mirror that I needed. And so, yeah, that was the the biggest transformation for me was it just made me so much more passionate about life in all the right ways. Yeah. yeah you're the leader now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
before you're before it was just you now you're the leader of, of this little person and, and yeah they you've got to lead from the front and, uh, and be the man that they need you to be now when it comes to discipline uh does she she have a timeout chair how does that work because it's been a while since i've had a four-year-old but uh how do, how do you guys discipline uh yeah so we've done a range of things the biggest thing that i wanted to do was i wanted my kids to grow up feeling free to be able to express their emotions however okay. that manifests themselves I wanted them to be able to express it because what I see now is we get these people who grow up into adulthood and they're just robots. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're so disconnected. And I was the exact same way uh, because, you know, growing up in the household that I did, it was just one of those things that, I mean, we were babies being raised by babies. My parents right. were doing the best they could just to keep their heads above water, let alone take care of five kids. And right. so our emotions were a lot of times suppressed. And I definitely did not want to raise my kids that way. As much as I love my parents, I didn't want to be a reflection of their parenting style. Um, so I wanted my kids to be able to be, feel free to express themselves. And then I wanted to be able to be there to coach them in that. And so once they, you know, if my daughter starts having a meltdown and she starts freaking out, I'll send her to her room. And then I let her know, okay, whenever you calm down, whenever, you know, the, the crying and the screaming and the acting out and all that stuff is stopped, we'll have a conversation about it. And so she'll go in there and typically as soon as she gets into her room, she may go for a little bit, but then it stops. And then she comes out and we'll have a conversation about it. And, you know, there's people out there that are like, oh, well, you know, trying to have a real conversation with a four-year-old is useless. And you know what? If you go and look at brain psychology and the way that the brain functions, there is an argument for the fact that, you know, it may not be bearing a whole lot of fruit. But what I do know is that conditioning is key. And when you, when you continue to expose your kids to a certain pattern, they grow up that way. It's the mm-hmm. exact same thing. If you continue to suppress their emotions, you continue to beat them down, you continue to make them feel like they're not worthy, there's a reason why they grow up that way. So like I said, I want my daughter to be able to grow up knowing that she can control her emotions. So we do a combination of timeout and I mean, I guess really that plus a reward system when it comes to her positive behavior. So she's already, from the time she was really three, She's had a reward system based on, obviously, I, I use the, the word chores loosely, but, you know, going and feeding the dogs or doing something nice for her brother that's unprompted, picking up stuff around the house, things like that. And so we use a combination of redirection and, I guess, teaching slash coaching as well mm-hmm. as positive reinforcement. That's good. Yeah. Um, you have to be careful, especially at that young age, that we don't beat them down verbally or mentally it's a it's it, there's a fine line there because they will grow up with that that lack of confidence uh, just from the way that they were treated as a child and and i think i think your timeout technique is good i we used a similar one when my boys were were younger um and uh you know that they learn very quickly that they go into their room it's it's not so much that they're in trouble for having the meltdown or or lashing out it's that they need a break Yep. from what's going on right now. And that gives them that chance to calm down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. We even use that as adults you know, yeah. uh, between our spouses. Uh, you know, we get, in, we get in a little argument or a little, uh, you know, a little dispute with our, with our spouse. It's, hey, we need a timeout. Let's step away. And then, you know, when, when we're both calmed down, we can come back and, and have a conversation. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's such a powerful technique, but yeah. So, uh, your, your daughter, I'm sure she doesn't have having her on social media all that much, or maybe she has a, she has a Kindle or something. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, how do you guys uh, look at that side of it? Yeah. 
So she is, you know, when it comes to obviously your more mainstream platforms, Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that, she's, there's zero involvement um, in that part. Um, The only thing that she has any involvement with would be YouTube. And it's one of the things that obviously we want to, because just like with everything else, there's so many wonderful aspects of it with all of the the educational content that she's putting out there. So we allow her to be able to engage in that. But again, that goes back to her reward system. So she earns minutes based on the things that she's doing. And so she knows that if she wants to be able to take part in that, then she's got to be able to take care of her business and the things that she's doing. And so, yeah, we allow her to be able to do that. And then obviously for myself as somebody who is a content creator, she's she's starting to develop a little bit of an affinity for that. And so I'll allow her to be able to go in and shoot some different videos and things like that. And every once in a while, I'll post them up on my Facebook and stuff. But yeah, when it comes to social, you know, I want to be able to, I want to toe a fine line with that. I don't want to raise children who are handicapped when it comes to being adept at using technology and using right. it as a tool and using it in the right way. My, my kids will definitely grow up with it, but I want them to grow up just like with, you know, a firearm. I want mm-hmm. them to grow up with a healthy appreciation of what it's intended to be, but also what it can be used for if you're not using it in the right way. Yeah. And especially, um, you know, we, we want our kids to grow up with that social interaction, that face-to-face uh, touch of another, you know, of another person, you know, and, and social yeah. media is really, it can be helpful in so many ways, but at the same time, it's taking that aspect of it away. And, and, and even now with teenagers, their ability to interact with other people is, is lacking. So, oh, I mean, their, their so. communication skills are absolutely pitiful. You know, right. I spent several years in the classroom working with students and high school students, albeit, and I would get papers turned in that were essays. And it's, I mean, it's mind blowing. The Mm -hmm. lack of ability to be able to spell, the lack of understanding of what is and is not a real word and what slang. I mean, it's it's just one of those things (laughs) where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like you really don't know that this is not a word. Right. Yeah. I definitely want my kids to grow up understanding how to be able to communicate face-to-face first and foremost. I don't want them to be one of those ones that they've got to be behind a cell phone or computer screen to be able to express themselves. Right. Uh, Now, when it comes to kind of the direction your daughter takes as she gets older, even your son, when, uh, when they become adults, what do you aspire for them to be? What do you, what do you think your daughter wants to be when she gets older? Does she want to follow in your footsteps? I mean, I'm sure she's too, too young to really realize that or recognize that at this point, but. Yeah, if you ask her as of right now, she wants to be a firefighter. (laughs) So it's one of those things where anytime that conversation comes up, anytime somebody asks her that question, if I ask her that question, just to see if her answers change or anything like that, I'm always extremely intentional about telling her whatever her answer is. I always tell her, oh my gosh, I love that. But then I'm also very intentional about telling her that, you know what, if it changes one day, then do whatever you're passionate about. That's Mm -hmm. what I want my kids to grow up with. I have if my kids grow up and they want to go get their PhD and they want to go the academic route, then 100%, I completely support you. If my kids grow up and they're like, dad, I want to be an entrepreneur, 100%, I support you that way. The biggest thing that I want my kids to grow up with is I want them to grow up with the conviction to be great at whatever it is that they want to do. And I want them to grow up with the understanding that their mother and I have their back 100%. I want my kids to grow up because another thing, because of 
the way that we were brought up and, and my parents just trying to deal with their own struggles was, you know, we were allowed to just give up on stuff. You know, it was when I was in my early teens and 20s, you know, even though I was the one who was kind of searching for my purpose, so to speak, I mean, I would bounce around from job to job to job or whenever right. it was in some sports when I was a kid. We didn't have that rule of if you start it, you got to see it through to the finish type of thing. Just because, like I said, my parents were so young. And so if they were able to get back some free time, I'm sure they jumped at it. And so that's the biggest thing I want for my kids is just to say, like, for them to have that understanding, like, if you're going to go for something, go for it. Go all right. in, you know, just completely, like, dive in, go as deep as you can and see where it takes you. That's the biggest thing for me. I don't want my kids to feel pressed into anything. I'm not trying to raise legacy kids. They got to follow in my legacy. If my kids grow up and they hate working with people, which I don't think they will, but if they don't want to ever be in front of a camera, stand on a stage, coach a, a person to their dreams, then I don't care. Like I said, I just want them to, to love what they do and to be passionate about it. Love what they do and be passionate about it because today, even, even as us as adults, there's so many people out there that aren't passionate or uh, that don't love what they do. And no. it's almost like they just kind of settled. And that's yep. the one thing I don't want for my boys. Um, and I know you wouldn't want for your kids, but settling or cause you just get into your, your life becomes depressing. It does. And your life becomes sad. And that leads to so many other things, whether it's, you know, alcohol abuse or drug abuse or stress or anxiety. And, and you have to find that, that passion that you, they have to find what they're, what they're really, what is really drives them. So I, I try to encourage my boys uh, the same way. You need to find what you're passionate and happy about and, and what you would be driven to do and uh, go at it 100%. 100 percent agree. And I love what Gary Vee says. He said that if you're working for the weekend, then your life's broken. And right. I love that because you've got yeah. so many people that that's what they're doing. They're, they are literally, their life existence is based on just getting to those two days, getting the days where they can just have that free time. And that is such a sad, sad existence. It's funny. Uh, I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine recently, and he said to me, it's it, especially like at, at his job, he said, there's so many people that come into work on Monday and they're so down in the dumps and, and just not feeling it on a Monday morning when they come into work. And then by Friday, they're amped up. And he's like, what happened to the four days we just went by? I mean, that you, that's your, that's your existence. Like you yeah. just gave up four days of your life. You were just so down and depressed. And now here you are Friday. You're happy again because it's the weekend. Like yep. what a, what a sad way to live. And I don't want my kids to live that way. So it's something we have to uh, encourage them to do the best they can and whatever they is, is that they're doing and be passionate about it. And if you're not, then you need to find something else that you are passionate about. Absolutely. Now, what do you wish you knew before you had kids that you know now? Gosh, that's tough. I, I guess for me, and this is very subjective and personal to me, I wish I would have known how passionate I would be about my kids. You know, obviously, it, it doesn't matter if you've ever been a parent or not. You can tell that parenting is hard. Um, right. You can tell that, you, again, assuming you're somebody who actually invests in your kid and you're uh, actually a parent, uh, but you can tell that parenting is not easy. It's, it's a significant investment. It's a the greatest, but the toughest investment you'll ever make. But right. I really wish, and actually I say, I wish I would have, um, it was probably the greatest blessing or surprise, uh, because I was not a baby person at all. Um, you know, I was one of those ones where if you wanted me to, 
to hold a baby. The the very few times that I did, it was like <laughs> holding like a rare dinosaur egg. Like right. I'm trying to get this baby cradled as safely as possible so I don't drop the thing. <laughs> and a buddy of mine, actually, after I had my daughter, he came over one day. I was like, hey, you want to hold her? And he goes, ah, no. He's like, I don't really like to hold them until it's safe to drop them. <laughs> And I was like, you realize it's like never safe to drop them, right? But that's how I was. But it was just one of those things when my daughter was born and I was the first person to ever hold her. They just handed her right to me. And it was just so natural. I mean, it was like being an athlete, like putting on that glove that, you know, like, wow, this was like, it's like this glove is made for my hand. It was the exact same way when they put my daughter in my arms. I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is, this is insane. And it's just that innate ability to to be able to love and nurture a, mm-hmm. uh, a young soul. You know what I mean? You, we grow up or we, at least for me, I went into parenthood with so much fear, um, mm-hmm. so much questioning of myself. Like, Oh my God, am I going to be able to do this? Uh, right. Like I, I don't even like normal, normal babies. question. Yeah. Right. Like I don't even like holding babies. Now I'm going to have one sleeping next to me for right. the next, however long, like, am I going to kill this thing or am I going to be able to keep it alive? And right. it's just that, you know, that thing that we're just predisposed to do to be able to bring life into this world, the way that it just kicks in, that would have saved me a lot of stress and strife and heartache and sleepless <laughs> nights leading up to parenthood had I known that was going to be the case. No, that's a, that's a, that's a good answer. Um, it's funny. It's, you don't know you don't know how to be a parent. Uh, we still don't know how to be parents, but you really don't understand what it means to be a parent until you until you have that kid. And so you've lived and, it. Uh, and it's, it's amazing. We, uh, something that we, that we cherish and enjoy the second that they're born. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I know that, that's a great answer. Now, what advice would you give, uh, give new dads or soon to be new dads? This is something I'm extremely, extremely passionate about. And I mean, really, because it, it hits home with me personally, like I said, having battled that struggle of being present. But also mm-hmm. because I have a nephew whose father's not in his life. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest thing that I tell new dads is to just be there, like be present. I understand, especially, you know, even from a place of good intention, like, ah, I've got to be the provider. I've got to do these things. Like, I get it. You got to provide. Yes, you got to make that happen. But when you're there, be present. And, you know, there's whenever we had my daughter, I was um, still in my first teaching job. And there were ladies that I was talking to, other teachers in the school, and they were coming up to me asking me about how fatherhood was and all this stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it. And they're like, so how do y'all do the night routine and stuff? And I'm like, well, whenever she wakes up, my daughter, I mean, my wife will nurse her and then I'll change her and put her back to sleep. And they're like, wait, you change diapers? And I was like, wait, what do you mean change diapers? Yeah, right. change diapers. Right. And I was like, and they're like, so how are y'all structuring your schedule? And I was like, well, on Saturdays, I've got her all to myself. And so it's just, daddy daughter day we just sit there and spend time together and they're like i mean they're looking at me like i'm an anomaly right are other dads not like this and so that's the thing for me is i'm just like man be present because like you said you're literally your actions are laying out the blueprint for who this person's going to turn out to be it's your actions that are going to determine their confidence it's your actions that are going to determine their level of ability to be able to accept love into their life. And so Mm -hmm. uh, nothing against mothers because mothers serve a completely different, unique role. But with fathers, I firmly believe that the power of a present father is unmatched in being able to uh, just raise up 
confident and loving and passionate people in this world. And so that's the biggest thing I, I always tell fathers is just be there. Being present as, as a father is important. And there's so many statistics out there that show um, the kids that don't have present fathers uh, in their life and how their lives turn out. And uh, uh, it's really sad, but that is very critical. And it's not just being present, it's uh, engaging. Yeah, uh, I've heard of dads that that go that are home and are are present in their kids' lives, but their, you know, their faces are in the paper or in the in the book or in the cell phone, or you know. So it's being present, but also being engaging. Absolutely, and that's the thing for me is not only is that a gift to your child, but it's also a gift to you. Right. Like I said, you know, I've learned um, or gotten more out of parenthood, at least I mm-hmm. believe at this point. Than my kids have now. Right. Granted, we got a we got a long road to go, and and hopefully I can turn the tables a little bit here. But I mean, they gave me the gift of my life back. Right. They gave me that reconnection with who I was created to be and who I right. am at my core. And so, not only are you able to be a blessing to them, but man, they are able to bless your pants off in return when you're right. there and you allow that connection to be able to really take place. Yes, absolutely right. And the one thing that I think about often is being the superhero for your kid. Because kids grow up and they watch TV, they see movies, they see things on their on you know the internet or whatever, uh, whether it's sports figures, athletes, things like that, and they idolize these people, and they're not even present in their life. If you're a present father, be that superhero, be the one that they idolize. So important for these kids to have that kind of role model. Absolutely. I 100% guarantee or uh, agree with that. If you had the secret to raising kids and uh, you were the one that held the secret and I asked you to share it with me, what would that secret be? The secret to raising kids. Man, that is tough. I would say let your kids be who they are. You know, I think that we as parents, again, I think a lot of this comes from a place of good intention. And I think a lot of it comes from a place of not knowing any better. But I think that we try to influence our kids too much. We we try to influence their thought processes. We try to influence them thinking that we're we're loving them and we're shepherding them and things like that. And, and you can even go just kind of a um, uh, an obvious example of this is young people who grow up with the same political affiliation as their parents or right. grow up to be fans of the same sports teams as their parents and things like that. And those are just examples. People kind of gloss over there and they're like, oh, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, really it is. Because if the the more insignificant things in life, and relatively speaking, those are pretty insignificant. If those, if you influence your kid that deeply in those areas of life, think about how deeply you've influenced them in other areas of life, things that mean a little bit more. Right. And so to me, let your kids develop their own identity. And like I said, it's hard in a lot of ways because we want our, we've got these expectations and these, these pictures in our mind of who our kids are going to grow up to be. And it's like, we have these, because we have these preconceptions, we've got this blueprint laid out for their life. We want to make sure that they follow that blueprint mm-hmm. uh, because we think that's the route that they need to go. They should go. But that's the thing is what I always try to be very conscious of is I want to be somebody who sits there and says, okay, look, here's the starting point. Now you just go. I'm going to be right here next to you. And if it gets to the point where 
not only do I like, do I feel very convicted that I'm keeping you away from harm and danger, you know, where you may be going down a road where there's a point of no return, then I'm going to kind of nudge you back a little bit. But I'm not going to sit there and put up bumpers and say, hey, this is your path and this is how much wiggle room you have within this path. Let your kids develop their own identity. Let them travel their own road and be there to love and support them along that road. No, there's definitely a difference between uh, being a positive influencer and a negative influencer. And there are certain things that there are certain things that we have, like you said, with the, when it comes to danger, you know, we don't want our kids to put their hand near a fire or, or walk out into the middle of the street. So there's certain things that we have to influence our kids to go a different direction. But there are times out there where you see parents that dads in particular will direct their kids into a certain uh, sport. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I played, grew up, grew up playing baseball my whole life. You're going to play baseball. And then you, and then you push those kids day in and day out through that sport. And then by the time they're 11, 12 years old, they're burnt out and they hate it. And they, yep. and it's because you influence them in the wrong way. You definitely want to influence your kids if it's going to protect them and help them and guide them. But you don't, but you want to, like you said, you want to allow them to make their own decisions and, 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 and be the person that they want to be, be the key, let them be kids. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Um, well, Justin, I, uh, a little bit gone over, but I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to share your dad experiences with me today. And I'm um, super, super excited to hear what's going to uh, come up for you in the, in the future. Uh, what, where can my listeners find you? Uh, where can they learn a little bit more about you? And what do you got going on this, uh, this next year? Uh, I mean, they can find me on pretty much all of the major social media platforms. They can just look me up, Justin Aldridge. Um, I'm one of the few that's on there. So um, definitely would love the the support on there. And then they can go to my website, uh, me, And that's where my blog is at. That's where I publish most of my content, um, things like that. So those are really the biggest places for them to connect and engage with me. And then as far as what's going on in my world, um, my biggest focus this year is just pumping out as much uh, positive content as I can to do exactly what we talked about earlier, to raise people's level of consciousness and awareness to the power that they possess to be able to create the lives that they actually want to be living to right. help people kind of break free from this this feeling like this is all that there is to life this is what my life's meant to be no 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 life is what you create it to be and you don't have to settle um there's mm-hmm. there's a way to be able to to bring every dream into reality and and so that's the biggest thing for me is just creating content around that to to help as many people as I can be able to actually achieve that. Well, awesome. Just that I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, share your experiences with me. And um, I'm certainly uh, looking forward to what's going uh, coming up with you in the future. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you again to Justin for talking with me on Data. Justin is very dedicated to his children and his family and understands the value of being present with his children. Justin represents the Data community very well. Make sure you check out his Instagram page and his website to see what he represents and maybe he can help you live an uncommon life. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing it and talking about it. Excited about upcoming shows, some great guests lined up, so stay locked in for those. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest yourself, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Coach B. Ward, or you can email me at dataptribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.